Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casseleline, the French football podcast with the accent. My name is uh, Jeremy Magan, I'm your host and today we're going to talk about match day 37 in Ligue 1, almost the end, 90 minutes left in that 2021-2022 season of Ligue 1 and a very entertaining weekend with, with a few twists and turns uh, both at the top and at the bottom of the table. Uh, we're going to go through all those uh, all those games that have happened and we're going to I guess quickly discuss what it means for match day 38 and what are uh, the last two or three things left to play uh, and, and there's two games particularly who are going to be very interesting uh, next weekend and we'll uh, quickly preview these two games uh, but we are going to get into that first as usual you know the drill music <laughs> We're going to quickly look at the 10 games of the weekend. 30 goals, only one red card. Uh, and we're going to start by the bottom of the table with Bordeaux finally getting a clean sheet at home this season. They waited uh, or the last, very last uh, home game, right? The 90th home game to try to finally get a clean sheet at home. 0-0 uh, against Lorient. Unfortunately, that clean sheet has very little effect. Um, the, the main important thing, I guess, is that they didn't win so that draw condemned them basically to to Ligue 2. They have a chance to save themselves, but that chance is something along the lines of scoring 15 goals and hoping that Saint Etienne and Mess, um, you know, um, concede 15 each or something like that. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but uh, mathematically, it's about that. They are right now um, three points behind Mess and Saint Etienne on the table, Bordeaux, uh, and so which means that even if they win and they get Close to them, if you look at the um, the goal difference, Bordeaux has minus 41 and Metz has minus 29, which is the further one, Saint-Étienne with minus 35. So if Bordeaux was winning, say, 6-0 and Saint-Étienne was losing and Metz was losing, uh, I'm going to give you the exact number, 8-0, then Bordeaux would be in the relegation playoff. So it's, uh, it's not a small miracle, it's a huge miracle that would be expected. That said, we're going to talk about who Mess is playing next week? We never know. It, it could it could happen actually. Uh, anyway, back back to that game. Lorient Bordeaux Bordeaux um, who had the, the most of the opportunities. Uh, Bordeaux who unfortunately ended up the the game with um, ten men after Mensa who had just came in minutes before uh, was sent off for a, a pretty bad tackle on um, Armand Lorienté. Uh, but Bordeaux, like I said, who just couldn't score. I mean, fourteen shots, sure, but only one on target. Um, which means that at the end of the day, they don't score. And if they don't score, uh, it's harder to like, win the game. And if you don't win the game, um, and if you don't win a lot of them like they've done this season, um, then that's what you you get relegated in, in Ligue 2. Unfortunately, Bordeaux, after 37 games, they only have five wins, um, 19 losses. Again, the, the import, impressive tally is 89 goals conceded. It's, uh, it's insane. Uh, they're not the worst attack. They're actually an attack that could be worthy of almost the um, the middle... Of the table with 48 goals in, but 89 goals considered is just uh, it's just not possible. Um, so this is this is unfortunately the the end in Ligue 1 for Bordeaux at least until they can come back. Hopefully for them they only go to to Ligue 2 if Gerard Lopez, the owner, stays in place and and if it's not um, complete shambles and they end up being retrograded more than this, relegated more than this, sorry, uh, due to financial issues. But right now it looks grim. Um, mathematically, it's still possible, but like I said, it would take a, 
It would take a small miracle for it to happen. You never know. It's French football. It's Ligue 1. Uh, any, anything can happen in football. As it stands, they couldn't win against Lorient. Lorient, with that point, though, saved themselves, uh, put themselves out of reach of uh, Metz and Saint-Etienne. Lorient, with 35 points, is four points away from Metz and Saint-Etienne. Um, so now it's Metz, Saint-Etienne, and potentially Bordeaux, who can play for that um, relegation playoff to avoid going down. Talking about Metz, um, Metz is, is a bit of a surprise at the end of the season, right? Metz, who was playing against Angers, uh, and Metz, who won 1-0. I mean, they, they picked their moment. They're on a, uh, a little series of three wins in a row, and, and those three wins basically um, just put them, sorry, two wins in a row, three games in the undefeated. They did a draw and then two wins. Uh, and those seven points collected, uh, I guess, last minute, um, actually is giving them an edge on Saint-Etienne and, and Bordeaux. Um, they are now sitting 18th on the table, um, above Saint-Etienne at the goal difference with um, minus 29 against minus 35 for Saint-Etienne. And like I said, about three points from Bordeaux. The um, unlikely hero is uh, Lam Kelze, who had always, already scored um, last week against uh, Lyon. And again, uh, it's showing how important he is, uh, the, the winter Mercato recruit. Um, Mess, who didn't dominate the game by any stretch of the imagination, seven shots two on target, 11 shots, four on target for Angers, Angers who had 55% of the possession, but Metz who can um, celebrate a very important win that might throw them last minute into the relegation playoff game where they can potentially save themselves. The bad news for them, uh, of course, is that the last game for Metz is against Paris Saint-Germain. And of course, they have to have a result as good or better then Saint-Etienne to make sure that they're going to be in um, in that situation where they can play the playoff. Uh, and, and when you play your last game against Paris Saint-Germain, it's definitely not something that is going to be easy for them. Um, the Whoever finishes 18th in Ligue 1 is going to play against the team that um, wins the playoffs in Ligue 2. And so to give you uh, an idea, right now in Ligue 2, it's actually going to be played um, overnight between Tuesday and Wednesday. Paris FC... The other club from the capital is going to play against Sochaux. And the winner of this game will play against Auxerre. Auxerre was a, uh, um, a very famous historical club in, uh, in Ligue 1 in 1996. They did pretty good in the uh, Champions League. Uh, people who, who follow Ligue 1 and know Ligue 1 will remember a beautiful um, scissor kick from Lilian Lasland, who had been um, um, denied by not VAR, but by the referee at the time for, for a high foot anyway. Those are memories that are in my head. Uh, but yeah, Auxerre was the club where Gibril Cizé started, Olivier Capo, uh, Givarch, Diomed, plenty of uh, players that then went on to uh, bigger careers, Boomsong, Mexes, anyway. Um, so Auxerre, who, who had a chance to come back in, in Ligue 1, but Auxerre would have to beat the winner of Paris and Zosho, and then the winner of Auxerre against either of those two teams will play against the 18th in Ligue 1. Um, so there's a bit to go uh, before any of those teams can go. But at least Metz or Saint-Etienne or, again, Bordeaux, if there's a small miracle, know who they would play um, if that if that happened. Metz, like I said, a bit of the a bit of the miracle. Right? And the way they played is the way Antonetti would like to, to win a game, I guess. 1-0, good defense, solid defense. Uh, the last game of the season at Saint-Symphorien, really pushed by their supporters, uh, which I'm sure made the difference for the for the home team, uh, and now potentially on their way to save themselves after what was uh, an atrocious season in uh, in Lorraine. Uh, but you know, even though it was it was pretty bad, uh, Antonetti might be able to edge it uh, all the way into the end because now they are above Saint-Étienne at the goal difference. 
and Saint-Etienne is the next team we talk about. Saint-Etienne who was hosting Reims and Saint-Etienne who lost 2-1 at home against Reims. Reims had scored first by Munetzi. Um, Angala, Mangala, excuse me, from Saint-Etienne had equalized and then Dubia uh, in the second half scored the winning goal for Reims. Saint-Etienne was playing at home, but Saint-Etienne was playing without any fans. Uh, and, and I think, you know, it's a bit of a, um, maybe a bit of a digression for me, but Saint-Etienne didn't have any fans in the stadium tonight or this weekend because the last game at home, they were celebrating the, the birthday of one of the fan groups. Uh, and then they knew that they had a game, um, the game sort of um, a suspended game that they might have to uh, to play the next home game without any fans yet. They went on to, um, you know, use all the um, flares, etc. So technically, they kind of brought it on them, unfortunately. And I can't, I really can't help but think that if the fans had been in the stadium this weekend, and we know how, um, how you know, loud and how um, intimidating almost Geoffroy Guichard, le chaudron, as we call it, the cauldron, can get when uh, when all the fans are behind their team. I can't help but think that if the fans had been here this weekend, Saint-Etienne potentially could have had gotten a, a better result than that 2-1 loss uh, and a result that could have saved them. I mean, you know, it's easy to uh, say if, if, if hindsight's 2020, uh, but I was actually pretty shocked when I heard that the fans were celebrating their birthday the way they did, uh, knowing that it was potentially then having a pretty big impact on their team staying in Ligue 1 or not. You know, maybe they're, not maybe, for sure they're angry and um, they probably some of them probably wouldn't be too unhappy to see the chain failing one season to be able to uh, start fresh. But it was um, it was disappointing to see no fans. Uh, anyway, besides that, the football game itself, uh, Reims for a team who didn't have anything to play, uh, actually played um, the football. Actually wanted to do something. Um, for once, Saint Etienne and Dupra played football. I mean, we know what Pascal Dupra has done since he joined Saint Etienne. Three four games that were okay, and then since then. He just parked a bus for 10 games in a row and then unfortunately wasn't able to sustain this uh, this lifestyle of, uh, of bus parking. Um, but so yesterday or this weekend, sorry, I keep saying yesterday, this weekend they've actually played okay football and they actually tried to go forward. I mean, it's a bit late, right, to be able to do all this. Uh, but they tried and, and unfortunately uh, it, it didn't work out. 16 shots, 7 on target for Saint-Etienne, 17 shots, 7 on target for Reims. Reims was also solid offensively uh, and they were happy to show how good they could be. Uh, Reims, who uh, started with a 3-5-2, um, a but then as soon as they had scored that first goal, and even though they were um, leveled at halftime, they, trying to, they kind of played a little bit deeper during the second half, and it was a bit harder for the team to be able to go through. At the table, they are now <clears throat> uh, at the goal difference behind um, behind Mess, and so we could see potentially Bordeaux and Saint-Etienne both being relegated next season, uh, sorry, uh, next week, which would be, um, yeah, I guess a loss, you know, two, two very historical clubs uh, that could be in Ligue 2, but I'm always, uh, I'm always trying to see the cup half full, and maybe if they're relegated, they'll start fresh, they'll start anew, and then they'll come back to Ligue 1 uh, better and bigger. Saint-Etienne next week was playing uh, against Nantes in Nantes, so two games that are going to be interesting will be Metz and Saint-Etienne, and they're both um, traveling, Metz going to Paris and Saint-Etienne going to Nantes, uh, whichever of those teams who get the best result will be uh, in the relegation um, playoff spot and the other one will be relegated. Like I said, if they both draw, if they both win or if they both lose, Metz will be the one um, on top. Remember, I was talking about Bordeaux. Bordeaux is going to Brest and that small miracle potentially could happen 
if somehow they're able to score four goals against Brest or five goals against Brest, I wouldn't put it past Paris Saint-Germain to score six or seven or eight to mess to finish the season on a very high note because um, it's potentially uh, Mbappé's last game. We'll talk about that. Um, and, and, you know, he wants to break records and he's got um, Ben Yedder on his, on his heels right now on the goal-scoring ladder. So technically, that little miracle that Bordeaux needs to be honest, I wouldn't say that it's completely impossible because Messi is playing against Paris Saint-Germain. Nantes, Saint-Etienne, you know, as long as Bordeaux does the, the job, if Nantes is able to play uh, well and to beat Saint-Etienne, then uh, then maybe things are going to be interesting. I mean, at least I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if all three teams at the end have 31 points and if the goal difference is what decides who's 18, who's 19 and who's 20. Right, if we get out of that relegation zone for a bit and we go into um into the, the game where I guess it didn't the, the score didn't really matter. Lyon against Nantes. Uh, Lyon who was able to win um three two. Like I said, a game that, that didn't matter too much. Lyon at the table um right now is eighth with fifty eight points. Nantes is ninth with fifty four points. Before that, uh it was basically the same. Uh Dembele scored at the ninth minute, then Paqueta at the seventy eighth, and then we had a bit of a uh, uh, last quarter of an hour of, of madness with Quentin Merlin scoring at the 81st, Tete at the 85th, and William Cyprien at the 93rd. Lyon has shown, shown some nice traits this weekend, uh, a bit better into the, the midfield once uh, Kakure and Awar um, came up, came in. But as we said, you know, it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a disappointing season for Lyon. Um, Moussa Dembele, in the midst of that disappointed season, has scored 20 goals, which is not bad at all. Uh, and um, Tete, the uh, the recruit who came from Shakhtar for a, a few months while he can't play for his own team, um, scored a goal and, and gave an assist. So th- those are the, the positive. Lyon, of course, has a lot of work to do into the offseason, and we're probably going to have a, a whole episode about that. Um, but it's uh, it's it's been a tough season, and those wins, good that they win the last one at, at OL Groupama Stadium, but it's not going to uh, to make the, the fans forget what happened this season? They're going to start fresh. They're going to keep Peter Boss, apparently. Um, we'll see what that means for Nantes. Of course, the loss doesn't matter too much right now. They won the Coupe de France, so they are going to play Europa League next year. And I'm sure they're looking forward to it. Another game that didn't have any impact on the table was Montpellier against Paris Saint-Germain. And at La Mousson, the Paris team, uh, emphatic wins for the champions. Leo Messi with two goals at the 6th and the 20th minute. Angel Di Maria at the 26th. And Kian Mbappé, of course, on penalty at the hour mark to win 4-0 at La Mousson. Uh, it's it's a great win. Uh, it was, you know, the three-goal advantage at halftime um, that then they just had to uh, manage. And then uh, Mbappé scored the last one. Mbappé was, again, um, involved in every in every goal, really. Um, it, Paris Saint-Germain was finishing well. Paris Saint-Germain, I said that with... Uh, with Baptiste from Le Bourgeois, I think uh, a couple of uh, a couple of months back, that now Paris Saint Germain was going to look after their stats, uh, and that's all they did. Messi with two goals, uh, and and we know the tally of assists that he has already, and Mbappe scoring one more goal to uh, to make himself look good. Mbappe, who's like with his all goal, his goals and his assists, might look good on on the stat sheet, but in the last um, six or seven games, I think um, he's got he was involved in thirteen goals, so you know it's. It's great to have stats like this, but when it's in games that don't matter too much, unfortunately, it tells a bit of a story of what Paris Saint-Germain has gone through. This season, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, who's champion Montpellier, who um, had no hope of, of doing anything except uh, trying to finish the season the right way, but uh, right now they're on a uh, 
a streak of uh, of five or six win six games without a win Montpellier. So it's not the best way for them to uh, finish the season. But um, but I'm sure they're looking forward to uh, next year and and starting fresh Montpellier with uh, with Dalolio. They had some. They had, they were one of the teams that at one point we thought were well, going to be able to create a difference and and potentially play into the um the the Europa the European Cups European slots. Excuse me. Unfortunately, uh, they they're disappointed at the end of the season and now and now they are at the middle of the table, number thirteen, um, saved from from relegation, but not um, quite as high as we thought they could be at some point during the season. And now we're going to go into the the games that um, are important for European spots. Uh, and I was going to say, and every team uh, that can play something one but not exactly because two teams were playing against each other uh, for those spots um, the, the team that I guess I'd say won it all uh, lost it all this weekend um, it's not it's not completely lost because they can still get to it but they really um, missed an opportunity was Nice Les Aiglons who were playing home against Lille and for the last game home they completely crumbled Nice uh, losing 3-1 at home against Lille. Uh, nice was up 1-0 uh, at the half-hour mark and they kept that advantage until halftime. And when you know Galchet and when you know how Nice has been playing, you would think that at halftime, when, when they are up 1-0, when they are virtually third on the table, you would think that they were going to get this score under wrap, this game under wrap, and, and keep it that way. Unfortunately, in the second half, Lille um, struck, struck three times. Jonathan David, who had been mute for 10 games, uh, scored the brace at the 52nd and 61st. Uh, just try to make sure to make sure that everybody who's watching him remembers him for the um, for the Mercato. And I'm sure Lille would appreciate their goal scorer scoring um, a, a brace because the price is going probably a little bit higher right now. And Timothy, we are finally scoring uh, his first league goal of the season um, with Lille at the 95th minute. For Nice, it's a disaster. Um, you know, Galchier, with you know, besides the story that he was playing against his former club, the club where with which with whom he won the Ligue 1 last season, uh, he had won 4-0 in Lille, so he was probably confident when he hosted them. Despite that story, winning against his losing against his former club, um, bottling it that much, being up 1-0 at halftime, bottling the season, you know, being second for large parts of the season and completely crumbling at the end. Is a very start, sad story for Nice and for Ineos. We talked about it last week, of course, with um, Liam on, on the podcast that um, there was a few external elements. Uh, the fact that Ineos was trying to buy Chelsea, the fact that Fournier and Galchet don't get along anymore, the rotation, the fatigue, anything that, that could have happened. Uh, but it's still, in my opinion, pretty, yeah, pretty unacceptable that Nice sits now at the sixth place behind Monaco, Marseille, Rennes, Strasbourg. Uh, nice, who can't play the Champions League anymore, now they are uh, five points away from Marseille, but can still get to Europa League if the uh, results go their way. But a very, uh, yeah, a very disappointed and disappointing end of season for Nice. Uh, those two goals, those two games that they lost in the in the past five games, is really going to hurt them and even probably haunt them at the end of the season because now they're in a position where they're not playing anything, and if the results don't go their way next week. Um, it, it might be the same. I have a feeling that the results uh, will somehow have to go that way, and we'll talk about that afterwards. But um, but it's a it's a sad end for uh, for Nice, unfortunately. The team that that did um, 
by themselves a lifeline for European football was Lens. Lens who traveled to 3 and won 3-1. And Lens who are um, slowly but surely being rewarded by that end-of-season series of, uh, of five undefeated games. Um, 3-1 is the result in 3-3, what's scored first by Julian Biancone. But then Lance answered by Kevin Danso at the 42nd minute, by Kalimwendo at the 45th, and Jonathan Close at the 71st. And with that win, Lance comes back two points behind Nice and two points behind Strasbourg. And they have one chance to um, to get back into the Europa League. And fortunately for them, that chance is against Monaco, so that's not going to be easy. Uh, but but the, the chance is still there. Uh, we, we talked a lot about Frank Hayes and how much we like his management style and how he plays his football team, when they play well, they're really hard to uh, to defend against, they're really hard to stop. And although Troyes has been solid in recent games uh, defensively and, and that midfield between, with Tardieu and uh, Kwame and Gaisson has been impressive, there's not much they could do when uh, when Lance is very motivated and really wants to get that last win. The last game for Lance is at Bollard. We know how hot the stadium is. We know how incandescent Inken gets. Um, the last game at home for Lance can only be good news even though it's against a team that has won nine in a row uh, but it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can do it you know seeing Lance in Europe when they fared last year by just a point if I'm not mistaken uh, would be great for the club would be great for their ability to uh, recruit another one or two players are they going to do it this is the this is the whole story uh, of course as a, as Marseille fan you'd love him to do it uh, but um but as a uh, as a usual pundit, um, you know, if Monaco makes it to the Champions League, I won't be too unhappy because I know that I can actually do something in Champions League next year, the, the club of the principality. Uh, anyway, b- back to uh, back to Lens. They've uh, they've played, you know, with, with their usual um, squad and like they did all season, they just try and create as much football as possible. Uh, they had definitely the most of the opportunities. Trois at some point um, were, were smothered in their own ground. Um, 11, sorry, 15 shots, 9 on target for Lance, 6 shots, 2 on target for Troyes. Uh, so the, that win was deserved and uh, and what a way to uh, to end the season, to offer a final to your fans at home to try and qualify for um, the, the Europa League or the Conference League. And that game, they'll play it against Monaco and Monaco, who, uh, who probably get themselves a bit of a scare this weekend against Brest, but eventually won the game 4-2. Uh, Brest who has scored the first two goals by Duverne at the 10th minute and Belaili at the 23rd. Uh, but then the Benyeder show started a penalty at the 44th minute, a, a goal at the 51st and another one at the 55th. He used his right foot, his left foot and his header to score the hat-trick with Sam Benyeder. And then uh, Kevin Volant scored the fourth goal at the 70th minute to edge out the Britons. It, it was, to be honest, the first half um, w- watching it was a bit surreal seeing Monaco unable to do anything against a team of Brest that doesn't have anything else to play uh, but then surely but you know safely but surely but slowly I should say uh, they just took the game over they just offered they just got the most opportunities I think Brest probably was a bit even surprised that they were able to score this early and and they let they let too many in and at the end of the game uh, Monaco finished with 25 shots and 9 on target Brest still 10 shots and 5 on target we know how dangerous they can be in counter-attack, um, but Monaco was always going to fight for that one, the, the last game at home, to try and stay, um, you know, in touch with Champions League football. They have now nine wins in a row. I mean, who would have thought when Philippe Clément took over Monaco that Monaco could finish second? And now with the better goal difference, they are second ahead of Marseille with um, yeah, uh, plus four, sorry, plus 25 
in the goal difference while Marseille has plus 21. So four extra goals for Monaco and they're playing their last game in Lens, which is not going to be easy, uh, but they're going to play there and try and win there so that they can get a straight ticket for the uh, Champions League. Of course, it's going to be a, a fascinating offseason, I think, for Monaco. Uh, it's almost granted that they're going to lose Chouameni. Um, we're wondering what Voland and Ben Yedder are going to do. Van der Sen has been great, but is he going to stay? Um, it's, it's going to be very fun to watch, see what Monaco does. And if Monaco does stay in um, in Champions League uh, position, we know that they're very good at recruiting. And of course, there's all those uh, advantages to play in, in the in the principality in France. So it'll be good to see what they're going to do if they can come again and challenge Paris Saint-Germain like they did um, so many seasons um, to to be able to, uh, I guess, bring a bit more suspense to the uh, to the title race. As it stands, uh, that win against Brest offers them the second spot, uh, a second spot that they have to keep for another 90 minutes if they want to play straight Champions League. Strasbourg is the club right now who's qualified for the Conference League with that all-important win at home against Clermont. Not a spectacular win by any means. Um, Thomasson scored at the 28th minute and then they basically uh, kept that score alive. You could see a bit of... A bit of uh, a bit of nerves and a, and a bit of, uh, I guess, a bit of um, fear almost in the Strasbourg side in the second half to try and keep that game um, a win for them. And you know, Clermont likes to play football, so it's not always easy to uh, to defend well against Clermont. Uh, but Strasbourg did it: eleven shots, six on target, twelve shots and three on target for Clermont. Fifty-six percent possession for the home squad, uh, and that last game at Lameno means um, Strasbourg has a real chance of playing European football next year. And, you know, I feel like if they play the Conference League, that's kind of where they belong. Uh, it's a good first um, a good first go into the European football to start with the Conference League. We've seen how far Marseille was able to get. Uh, and I think for, for a team like Strasbourg, they will play the Conference League seriously. They will try and win all the games. And so I think it's a good way to go back into European football as it stands. They are leveled with Nice on the table, but they have a better goal difference, 21, uh, plus 21, and Nice has plus 15. So if they're able to get a good score in that um, last game that they're playing, they're going into Marseille for the last game. We're going to talk about this. Uh, if they're able to uh, to get a, a good result, then they might be able to play Conference League or even Europa League if things really go um, their way. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past um, Gamero and Jallo and... Uh, Thomasson to uh, to go and get a result and Ajok as well of course to go and get a result at the Stade Vélodrome when Marseille has been uh, struggling so much at home um, this season and Marseille that's the last game of the weekend that we're going to talk about Marseille was traveling to Rennes and Rennes who who made a mockery of Marseille I don't think there's any other way to say it 2-0 win for, for Rennes um, it was all done at the half hour mark almost Bourijo scoring at the 12th minute and uh, Lovro Madger at the 35th minute. Rennes who's just better than Marseille in any way. Uh, Marseille had 60% possession, but it was the most sterile possession we've seen all year. Rennes, 12 shots, 4 on target. Marseille, 8 shots, 0 on target. I mean, if that's probably enough of the story, right? If uh, Marseille is not able to even uh, go and, and force Gomis to a save, then how do you expect to be able to get a result? Marseille, who had been so good away from home all season, uh, was really kept quiet by, by Rennes. And almost surprisingly, because Rennes had been um, you know, pretty poor in midweek against Nantes, and they had played a midweek game. So 
they would have been they could have been tired but the motivation uh, of the Roazon Park and uh, all the flares that we saw all game and how much they pushed behind their team was really impressive um you know Marseille maybe um at some point deserve to be able to get something but they're just too inoffensive up front and, and just unable to really put the danger uh, Dieng was the most dangerous player once he get in after the hour mark but there's definitely a bit of a uh, bit of a lack of technical skills for the Senegalese striker and so he's uh, he's missing things that should be easy there was a lot of loose balls for Marseille again you can see the fatigue the, the, the controls aren't good enough the passes aren't good enough uh, and, and if it wasn't for Mandanda it could have been 3 or 4 or 0 and there would be no no debate because um, Rennes definitely was better than Marseille whenever they were attacking they were dangerous where Marseille was just a bit uh, a bit shy and and yeah like not not really dangerous not really able to uh, really um bring bring Naïef or Naïef Aguer excuse me or Mohamed Omari or uh, or Alfred Gomis into a, a danger kind of situation they've been they've been so great this season able to always provoke and get penalties but against Rennes there was none of that um and you know like I said maybe the fatigue maybe the fact that it's the end of the season um what happened though with that loss that loss for Marseille is that they're losing the second spot to Monaco to a better goal difference and and moreover more than that I should say Rennes is actually able to come and challenge them for the last game because Rennes is only three points behind Marseille now uh, but at the goal difference Rennes almost has an extra point because Rennes has 42 in the goal difference whilst Marseille and Monaco both have 25 and 21 so there's even a chance if Rennes wins and Monaco and Marseille lose that Rennes finishes second on the table, which will be uh, fascinating to watch. Let's look at next week, and let's look at the games that um, matter the most. So we talked about the bottom of the table, right? Brest against Bordeaux, Paris Saint-Germain against Metz, and Nantes against Saint-Etienne, uh, all game that could create something phenomenal. I don't know if it's going to happen, but um, I'd be I'd be really uh, impressed. It'd be fun to see Bordeaux somehow pulling it out and finding themselves into the relegation playoff if they... Uh, if they can smash Brest and hope that Paris Saint-Germain and Nantes smash Metz and Saint-Etienne. Top of the table, sorry, let's talk about the game that don't matter too much. Lorient and Troyes, who could have been such a dangerous game to finish, both teams are saved and they're good. Angers and Montpellier, both teams are saved and they're good. Clermont and Lyon, Clermont is saved. Lyon doesn't have anything to play anymore, uh, so they can just relax and, uh, and have a good game by, by themselves and not worry about the rest. And then there are four games, four games that do matter because they can change the outcome of the end of the season at the top of the table. One of those games is Reims against Nice. Nice, who basically doesn't have, can't, can't play on mathematics, just has to go to Reims and win that game if they want to have any hopes of playing um, European football. Nice was sixth with 63 points. Uh, if they win that game, they get 66 points and then they can hope for a, a faux pas from Strasbourg or Rennes and then they can play European football next year. The other game is Lille against Rennes. Of course, Lille will want to finish the season the right way at home. The reigning champions, they don't want to disappoint their fans once again, but Lille doesn't have anything to play. They're 10th on the table. All they can play for is their honor. And of course, Rennes has been so strong this season that a win against Rennes would be a nice added bonus for Lille to finish the season. But like I said, they're not playing anything and Rennes will probably come out all guns blazing Bourijo, Terrier, Laborde, they've been extraordinary for the end of the season. They've been great against Marseille. I'm not going to be surprised if they go to Lille and try and, and score as many goals as possible to win. And then the last two games are in, incredible. They're going to be incredible for sure because both teams can actually qualify to Europe yet. 
Lens against Monaco, and Marseille against Strasbourg. Bear with me, a lot can happen during those two games. So Lens right now is 7 on the table, 61 points. Ahead of them is Nice and Strasbourg with 63. If Lens wins and Nice just draws or Strasbourg loses, then Lens can play Europe. If Lens wins and any of those teams in front of them wins, then Lens can't play in Europe. But if Lens win and Marseille win, because Marseille is playing against Strasbourg, then Lens is above Strasbourg and then it's about hoping that Nice can't win when they go to Reims. Monaco will obviously want to get a better result than Marseille so they can keep that uh, their shot at, at the straight Champions League, but I think Lens is going to be very motivated at home. Marseille against Strasbourg, so much can happen during that game. If Strasbourg wins and Rennes isn't able to win uh, their game in Lille, then Strasbourg qualifies straight for the Europa League. If they do this, then Marseille will not be straight into the Champions League last, next season. They will have to be at best in the preliminary round. If Strasbourg win, and in the meantime, Rennes wins against um, against uh, Lille, sorry, then Strasbourg will remain where they are, will play the Conference League next year, and I'm sure they'll be happy with it. And Rennes will be above Marseille and in Champions League, pushing Marseille down to the Europa League which, you know, again, maybe is where they, it's where they belong. But Strasbourg definitely does not want to lose in Marseille because if they lose in Marseille, then there's a chance that either Nice or Lens steal their spot. So a lot, a lot uh, on both teams at the, at the Velodrome. Of course, Marseille wants to win against Strasbourg so they can compete for that second spot. And then they just have to hope that Monaco does not win when they play in Lens, which again... Is, is a possibility. So those those last games is, are going to be amazing and, you know, it's it's not a, lot, a, a fight for the title, but it's going to look a lot like, you know, those uh, those amazing last game of the season where a lot is on the table uh, during that, that multiplex, as we call it in France, the last game of the season where all the games are all kicking off at 9pm on Saturday night uh, or at 5am here in, in Australia and we follow them all together. So that's going to be um, a fantastic end of the season and then after that, we're going to talk about transfers and we're going to talk about you know debriefing the season for every single team we'll make sure that we stay busy on uh, Castellini the French football podcast for the offseason there's going to be a lot to talk about of course the the first news that kind of half leaked yesterday I mean we never know there can always be a turnaround but it's Mbappe who's going to Real Madrid we'll talk about this again in, in a special episode and what that can mean for Paris Saint-Germain and what that will mean for Mbappe and also for Real Madrid but uh, but the noise is already coming up there with all the Transfer rumors, of course, Paris Saint-Germain doesn't have anything to play. But, uh, but yeah, as far as Monaco, Marseille, Rennes, Strasbourg, Nice and Lens, second to seventh spot, it's going to be a very exciting, very entertaining match day 38. Before I finish, I just wanted to thank um, the other Ligue 1 podcast, some said the official Ligue 1 podcast, uh, the one that's sponsored by the Ligue de Football Professional, because I listen to that podcast as well, of course, uh, on my downtime, and uh, and they do giveaways, and I won a, a fabulous um, Lyon shirt, of course, everybody knows that it's not my team, but the shirt is beautiful with uh, Lucas Paqueta behind. So, you know, um, shout out to uh, um, Robbie Thompson and Andy Scott and Angus Todd and, and everybody who uh, is on the League and podcast. It's a great podcast to listen to. It's the official one. Uh, all, all those boys are also commentating the games on being sport uh, for the uh, for the world um, stream, as they call it. Um, so you might have heard their voice and, and you know, they create where it's due. It's I don't know if we can call them competition because they are the official uh, podcast, but it's uh, they talk about Ligue 1 and French football as well, and uh, they deserve 
credit and and I appreciate the fact that I was able to win uh, an official Lyon shirt on a uh, on a giveaway by uh, by guessing um, what the Poudre player was in their famous uh, Deja Who um, little game that they do halfway to the podcast. That's the end of um, the French football podcast here on uh, Breaking the Lines on Castle Ligne. March the 37 was amazing. March the 38 is going to be exceptional. I will be here next week to talk to you about uh, the final act of Ligue 1 21-22. What has happened? Who's going to play Champions League? Who's going to be relegated? And which teams are we going to have in Ligue 1 next year? Next year is going to be also pretty amazing because four teams will be relegated at the end of next year. Ligue 1 will be only with 18 games in the following season. Lots of exciting things coming for friends. As usual, thank you very much for listening. Don't hesitate if you have any questions. Shout out to all of my usual guests coming in. I'm looking forward to create a lot of content during the off-season. But in the meantime, I'm looking forward to Saturday night, the last game of the season. Talk to you all next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>